We represent you. Take the short side again. Tupo away. Tedesco pulled it in. This time it's Kiri in support. We feel you by your presence. Via Rooster. Joseph Manu, a try that only Manu could score. Rooster! 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 Well, Roosters fans, what a match it was Saturday night. And we, Silky, were out there in the captain's club. And wasn't it a delightful second half? I would be fair to say, Sharks put it on us on the first half. A few soft tries up the middle. Whatever Coach Robinson said at halftime, say it again this week because they come out. It was a Drew Hutchison-led recovery. And then the magician, the master, the young kid that put so much pressure on, he has come, the man, come the hour. Sam Walker. Well, first, it's Tupo. Then it's Bmoz, And then himself over the stripe. Roosters win. Get that into your Sharks. Welcome to Roosters Radio. On this week, we face the Melbourne Storm. <laughs> wow. Welcome to Roosters Radio, everyone. Very exciting, Bells. It got me fired up. What a, what a great weekend it was to be a Rooster. Silky, welcome. Yeah, that's right, Bush. An exciting final 20 minutes. Roosters laying on three quick tries to get the win. Yes, what a game of football, boys. At halftime, I thought, gosh, bring out those oranges again. We need some power here. And I thought they were gone. And then 18-4 down. And I think Hutchinson's try turned the game. And what a fantastic game of footy they got up. But before we get into it, Cooper, I believe we've got to give some time to Jake Friend. Yeah, absolutely. Look, by the time the podcast went out last week, uh, it coincided with Jake Friend's announcement from the game that he has played for a number of years. It would be remiss of us not to spend some time to celebrate uh, Friendy's great career. He's done everything in the game. He's won three premiership, played in four grand finals, uh, represented both country and state. He was the Tosser Turner medalist for Queensland last year. But to a man, I tell you what, what a great bloke. We've spent plenty of time with Friendy over you know, the past uh, number of seasons he's been with the club. Came down from Noosa, of course. Uh, had his troubles as a, as a young bloke. Went away from the game for a minute. Started making sandwiches and uh, come back and, and has led our club. And uh, hats off to Jake and uh, wish him all the best. Yeah, a great man. Yeah, my two bobs were silky. I've got to say that one thing about uh, the players we love is the access and the humility. And then you see him go on the football field and you see what the other players talking about being such a leader. He's not a man of huge stature, but he's a man of huge character and huge heart. He'll be sorely missed. He's such a, a great leader, uh, you know, of our club. Uh, and I think he's going to be a great mentor. So he's not lost to the game or the club. He's lost to the playing field. That happens to many great players. Last year it was Orbo. Uh, not the circumstances want to go out, but on behalf of Roosters Radio, friend, you want to say thank you so much for uh, the memories you've provided for us on the playing field and the access you've given us on Roosters Radio, and we wish you the best, and we're right behind the next chapter in your life. Look, I spoke to Orbo up at the Captain's Club about the legacy of Jake Friend, and Orbo actually said, you know, you can't replace a Jake Friend. Bloke does 50 tackles a week. His stats, uh, you know, will go down in history. He's done over 10,000 tackles, and I don't think Roosters will ever be able to replace a number nine like Jake Friend. In fact, I think he'll go down in history as our greatest ever number nine. I think also the leadership boys, what a leader he was at the club, being the captain. And obviously they also mentioned that there's a little shift in the leadership at the moment with yeah. Jake Friend gone, Boyd Cordner. Obviously Teddy's stepped up and he's fantastic and Hargrave's off the bench, but just a fantastic leader of the club on and off the field. One thing I'll add, we were at the grand final in 2019. Remember, Jake uh, missed most of the year with a, a shoulder and arm injury. Cooper Cronk gets sent 10 in the bin. Who comes on? Jake Friend. Tackles his heart out. 
that 10 minutes of football, I dare say, won us the game. He's been captain in the in the last two premierships. And, uh, yeah, as we said earlier, best of luck for Andy. Yeah, and Bells, you know, what? To, to Mark on Silky's point, so many Roosters fans weren't sure if that was the right move. And, you know, you've got a saying that you've bring to light in Roosters right out in Robbo We Trust. Well, in that Robbo night, We Trust. And that night it was in Jake We Trust. And what a great job he did. So good luck, Friendy. Sail off into the sunset in the next chapter. I know he's going to be around the club mentoring and uh, we're right behind you, mate. Now, back to the footy, guys. 26-18. Uh, we touched on it briefly there at the start of the show. We started poorly. Robbo said that in the presser. From the kickoff, uh, Cronulla went through the middle of us and then the second set of six scored a try. Uh, looked like it was going to be a long night. I thought that we actually played our way into that game, particularly towards the back end of the first half. Well, they scored again in the second half. And then, you know, as we all saw, we ran away with it in the end. Look, I think Cronulla beat themselves, really. They didn't play well in that second half. Um, they play 60 minutes of football well and then the last 20. And a credit to our guys. They took that opportunity and, and went with it. And obviously there's been a lot of limelight and a spotlight on Sam Walker. But wow. What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think, you know, what I love is uh, what our coach does. You know, he instills in our footballers 80 minutes. He's got some tactical moves that every week it's exciting. And I don't know who's, what he's going to do this week against Melbourne is just as interesting as what happens on the field. Jared Weharagrove's come on and changed the game. I thought Drew Hutchinson, I'll give him a massive rap. Drew Hutchinson at 5'8", he's played a few games there. He reminds me of a Greg Florimo style, old style lock 5'8". He used to ball play. And he sort of had some hit-ups. And then Victor Radley come sweeping behind the line. We're not the Add footy Teddy experts. Add Teddy as well. Add Teddy to that number six role. Yeah. We're playing with three sixes. We are. Well. We're not the footy experts. We don't profess to be. We've never been there. We love it enough to comment on it. But what I saw was the gelling of two halves. And uh, funny enough, we're going to have Drew on the show tonight. Yeah, looking forward to that. Can't wait. He's a bit of a character, uh, old Drew. Uh, from the Illawarra. Bit of a knockabout. Loves Albion. a good time. Albion Park boy. Silky and a proud one. But uh, no, we're going to ask Drew a bit about that. But I think, Bells, as you said... Well, Silky, you might have said that just before, getting the halves to gel is really big. You've got just lost your half and 5'8 for the season. So we've got Lamb out, we've got Kiri out, and we just keep producing them through the factory. And these guys are just moulded. That last 20 minutes was the type of rooster footy that Robbo wanted. Well, now, boys, we need to produce a hooker. <laughs> we've <Yeah>. got <laughs> Freddie's broken his arm on the weekend, and Robbo in the press conference said he's going to go to his fifth selection of hooker and dive in deep to SJ Ball. Well, that's going to be exciting. There's a couple of names. We're also going to speak to Blake Cavallaro, who's in charge of our Rooster Junior Pathways. We might ask him who the uh, who the SG ball number nine is. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, unfortunately, uh, we see we keep getting injuries to the, to the one player. I've never seen that happen where the same position players keep going down. So yeah. uh, interesting times for the number nine. Well, Silky, you know quite a few old hookers. I mean, you know, Robbo might have to get the old black book out and uh, say, Cooper, have you got a name for me? Well, you're absolutely right, Bush. Wayne Marshall, uh, Simon Bonetti, even your old mate Brett Gillard come to mind. So there's three hookers that they might have to dust off. Guys, I just want to add a couple of notable mentions. Obviously, one of my favourite players, Daniel Tupu, crossing the stripe for the first time this year. Ran for 237 metres, which I thought was outstanding. Uh, you've mentioned Sam Walker, of course. Also thought Angus Crichton who played his 100th game there on Saturday night. He, he was strong. And, of course, Victor Radley's second stint, I also thought that straightened him up and uh, led to a few of those tries also. Mate, I've I got a bit of a keen eye on Victor. Uh, we're big Victor fans on Roosters. It's Rad Roosters Radio's own Victor Radley's part of the team. He has stepped up to a new level. He is just the way he's playing. You can see the energy he's bringing on the field. And, uh, you know, he was really exciting. Isaac Liu uh, up front, I thought was really, really strong. He bedazzled and confused him a bit. He knocked out their captain, obviously, accidentally. We hope he's all right. But you could see just the power of his running up in the middle there. And, you know, mate, there's lots to like across the, the Morris boys. I mean, wow. You know, they just, the Morrises just keep on Morrising on. And Siwa, 
uh, three from five off the boot and uh, one towards the end of the match there from the sidelines. So uh, good to see uh, see you had these kicking boots on. Yeah, he had a better game with the uh, goal kicking there. But I agree with you, Coops. Tupau, he had fire in his eyes on Saturday night. He, he's been a little bit quiet because BMOS obviously is top try scorer of, on the NRL at the moment. So he's taken all the limelight. But... His running metres back from his own line was just a fire in his eyes. He he was ready to go. Well, they kept kicking to him in Cronulla and he didn't drop a ball. One thing that uh, Toops has improved on is, is his consistency. I think, honestly, I think he was probably our most consistent player uh, all season last year. And, mate, I hope they keep kicking to him because if he's going to make 230-odd metres each week, it's going to put us in the attacking zone whenever we got the football. Well, you two, we need to talk about uh, the rise of a young man. We don't want to put too much pressure on it. It's only his second game, but everything that everyone said about him, the way he's trained, the way he's played. Silky, we spent some time with him in World Club over in the UK, and he was such a lovely, refreshing young man. Every single day, Sam Walker walked up, said, hey, boys, Howie, what are you doing today? Just a really fresh-faced 17-year-old kid. Uh, I might have got a croissant off him from the buffet or something, but, you know, we're not talking about that. And I'll tell you, he was just such an excitement machine. Saturday night, we saw what he can do. Uh, and without putting pressure on, what did you think? Well, if I'm being really honest, I thought in the first half he ran a bit lateral, but then in the second half he straightened up his own attack, taken on the line. You know, that one where he kind of cut around one defender through that looping pass that landed on Toops straight on his chest, run on the ball. It was a magical pass. His second effort, he stepped inside Chad Townsend to score that try. You know, took the line on. And then lastly, he threw a double cutout to uh, Beamos on the right-hand side and once again hit him straight on the chest. So, uh, you know, well done and uh, it was great to see. Well, yes, boys, I tell you what I thought. Cool, calm and composed. Sam Walker, he, in the first half, he got a couple of tries scored against him. Obviously, they targeted him there, but he just came back and he brought the game to them in the last, you know, 15 minutes. However, I did also think the turning point was his half combination in Hutchinson scoring that try. That really lifted the team. He takes a line on really well. Scored that fantastic try and then everything came after that. Well, Bells, as you know, on Roosters Radio, we get all the big names every week. And uh, Drew Hutchinson did that name today. We're going to have a really good chat to Drew about football, about life and about his rise to the Roosters number six. You're on Roosters Radio and we come back. The man himself, Drew Hutchinson. Well, Roosters fans, fresh off a massive win Saturday night, we have on Roosters Radio this week, the man that started the run home. He is a former St. George Illawarra Dragon. He's journeyed across the dart to pl- come back and play 5-8 for the Roosters and isn't he in good form? Welcome to Roosters Radio, Drewy Hutchinson. Great to have you in here, mate. Uh, thanks for having us, guys. And it's, uh, yeah, looking forward to being on here. Well, Drew, first question for you straight off the bat. It would be very remiss as uh, as a Roosters family not to pay homage to one of our great leaders, someone that's probably mentored you a bit, uh, club captain who retired this week. He's a big fan of Roosters Radio. And uh, we just wanted to ask you your thoughts on on Jake Friend as a human being, a captain and a teammate. Yeah, well, first of all, as a player, looking sort of when you whenever I thought about uh, the Roosters, you just think Jake Friend, like, growing up, I used to go to the Anzac Day game a lot. And I remember he's, he's played some good games there. And um, yeah, as a player, he's just been tremendous for this club and um, I, I can call it an honour to sort of play alongside him and as a man, he's he's one of the greats, he's just such a tremendous bloke and the club's going to miss him uh, on the field but I think what he's going to bring off the field in terms of support and it's yeah, it's very valuable to have a bloke like that around. What will you miss most, like on the football field or off the field, uh, you know, I know you've got a great relationship with Jake but what is something you personally will miss? Oh, I bet you he's not going to miss being sore every, <laughs> every Monday morning but... <laughs> Uh, no, I'm probably just going to miss the way, I mean, the, his leadership, it's just, it's unbelievable. Like he, whenever he speaks, every single person just listens and goes, yeah, that, that's what needs to be done. 
And I think just the way that he, he leads the team, is it's, it's second to none. Drew, spoke to Orbo at the game on Saturday night, and we were talking about the legacy that Friendy leaves behind, but Orbo mentioned there's a bit of a changing of the guard within the leadership group, you know, with Luke's out with injury, obviously Jake's retired, Boyd not in the side at the moment. Do you sense that as well? There's a bit of a change in, within the leadership group? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, um, in terms of them sort of senior figures not there, there's there's other blokes that have been putting their hand up each week, and so Teddy, the captain, I suppose his performances speak for itself. Uh, like if you need some inspiration, you just look the way the way he plays. But other blokes, I, I think Isaac and Jared. Jared's always going to stand up. But uh, Radley, he's he's uh, he's been putting his hand up to be in the leadership group for a few years. But and it's good to see him in there. And I think the way that he sort of he sort of helped everyone out, and he's he's a pretty uh, influential person to have there. On Jared, he came on the field on Saturday night and he had fire in his eyes. Do you feel that when you're out there, when he gets on the field from the bench? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the way that he uh, the way that he just says, yeah, give me the ball, he probably says a few other things I won't say, <laughs> but yeah, he just, he takes the boys on, he takes them forward and um, you can certainly feel him out there with him without the ball. So, no, I love playing with him. I don't really want to play against him. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. No. But I want to go back a step because... Your journey to the Roosters is an interesting one. You're a, a, a star in the under-20s, played uh, junior kangaroos, New South Wales, played first grade at the Dragons, then had a knee injury, went over and played a season of rugby league in the UK, yeah. and then you end up at the Roosters pretty much sight unseen, turned up to train and, and won a contract. Mm. Can you tell us or step us through that journey? Because it's a fascinating one. I mean, the injury sort of St. George, I was coming off contract that year and uh, so injured my knee and to be honest I was yeah I was in a bit of a shit place like you think oh the world's ending like footy's what, what am I going to do and I've got English heritage my dad uh, English he sort of moved here when when I was born and all that sort of stuff so uh, I had an English passport and I thought I'd go over there and uh, I, was 20, I was 22 I do grow up pretty quick I mean I always lived at home with my mum and dad so moving moving overseas by myself was uh, yeah it was different I mean you learn a lot about yourself and about the way uh, the world works so uh, unfortunately things didn't work out in England and I uh, decided to come home and uh, that was a bit of nerve-wracking time I didn't have a contract anywhere and not many clubs were too keen to sign me so uh, when the opportunity to come to the Roosters just on a training trial I was licking my lips and to come into such an environment where you have to perform it was uh, it really, I really enjoyed that and I feel like I'm sort of getting the best out of it now. But it says something about your character to actually back yourself. Yeah, well, uh, it was probably the most proudest I've been in my rugby league career to sort of get here because it was probably the first time I've had to really earn it. I mean, coming through, you uh, you got a reputation as, as so, but um, no, when I came here, no one really cared and you just had to had to earn your stripes, I suppose, and that was something that I'm quite proud of. Drew, along the way, you, know, you do your knee and, and you were, as you said, you had a reputation. You know, you made all those junior rep sides, played first grade at a very early age. What was going through your head in England when you thought, this hasn't worked out, I've done my knee, yeah. is my football career over? Like, how do you rise above that adversity? What goes through your mind and what did you do to get there? Yeah, there's plenty that goes through your head. I mean, I was fully prepared that it was over and, you know, you just sort of, I reckon ever since then, I've sort of played footy for the right reasons, like your, the enjoyment of having your, your best mates around you every day and that's something that I'll never take for granted again. Like, we do have the best job in the world. We get to play the sport that we love and... I was thinking from that day on, I just sort of really started to just enjoy what you do. Was it the reset you needed in the sense, it sounds to me, you're telling us that you you took it for granted a bit, you know, you had some, everyone knows you got ability, everyone knows you can yeah. play. 
What's your advice to young blokes? Listen, there's plenty of young blokes that want to make the grade, want to play NRL. Mm. It's the dream of everyone in this room, um, including Belinda. And, you know, <laughs> and true story. She love, would have, that, love that. She would have played. If the ladies' game was back ages ago, mate, you should see her go. And a 5-8. I love you. Yes. Down my spot next Saturday. <laughs> She's not ready for the Monday. No, right. Okay. But what's your advice to a young guy who's out there? There's so many young footballers like yourself who've got some talent a number twos at different clubs or just can't might quite make the run on side, then they get an injury and they think you're giving it away. What's the one piece of advice you can give them? Because you are a classic example of someone who's stuck at it. Saturday night, you've got the ball rolling for us and it's great. But yeah. it's what happens before then that people are so interested in how it works. Uh, I think a, a big thing is you got to be patient. I don't think there's no NRL club in the world that's going to sign a young bloke and start him every week. You just you got to be patient and you got to be ready. I mean, there's no better sign than Sam Walker. I mean, last year he trained almost every day because there was no footy for him to play, and he was patient. And now, I mean, he's, he's reaping the rewards now. He's unreal. His body's ready, and um, it's just it's really good to see. And I, I suppose that patience is, yeah, just you got to develop as a player. I mean, if when you do get your chance to play first grade, you want to stay there for the, your whole career. You don't want to just play one or two games. You want to stay there. Drew, on Sam Walker, there's plenty of spotlight yeah. on him at the yeah. moment. Obviously, a fantastic game on the weekend. Yeah. What's it like halving with him, your partnership? What's it like playing alongside of him? I mean, you, you just see some of the stuff he does. He's a, he's exciting sort of exciting player. Um, and you know what? He's a champion bloke as well, and that's probably the best thing for me. He's he's such a young kid, but he's he's so he's so down to earth, and he he thanks his teammates more than anything. He just mm. Yeah, there's, it's just I reckon it's just a, such a great story for him and I'm glad to see him killing it. He really is. Drew, can you talk from a fan's perspective? Uh, you're standing there and Sam Walker throws. First of all, he scores that try, then he throws mm. a pass out to Tubes, then one out to, to Bemoz. What goes through your mind? You see that sort of skill level. Like as, as a fellow player, you, mm. do, do you marvel like we do? As fans, we're the mere mortals, right? So we go, wow. Um, what do you think? No, because we see it all the time at training. I mean, he's yep. been doing this ever since he's turned up from day one. He's been... Oh, making fools of everyone at training and uh he's just got such such incredible skills that it's just it's that's unreal to that he can showcase it on a on the big stage like that and yeah I just uh, he can sort of keep improving and improving as well. I don't think we've seen the best of him. No. Now we've got to give you some credit as well, Drew. That's try you scored on Saturday night. I think you kicked us off for that comeback. How'd you how'd you feel? <laughs> I don't know. I don't score too many tries. As you probably tell by my celebrations. I don't have one. So um no it's Hey we'll get to your celebrations. That's a topic. Okay, all right, all right. Well I don't mean try celebrations. <laughs> we spoke to the coach. Right, okay. We'll be careful. But um no yeah it's just insane. We were down but I don't think we ever I don't think anyone on the field sort of thought oh this game's over and the way that we just sort of stuck at it, I think it was we don't get the opportunity to score those tries if our forwards and our players aren't doing the right thing. And mm. um, yeah, everyone just the belief everyone had, and I think it's just a testament, a true like testament to the club and how how much belief we have in each other. Mate, you started the season at nine, or you're filling in at number nine. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about the hooking role at the moment, but mm. you've found your feet the last couple of weeks in the six. How do you feel that you've progressed thus far this season? That was a bit of a shock to the body and end of the lungs a lot. But um, yeah, I, sp- I always speak about wherever uh, Robbo would pick me to play in this team, I'd love to do. So um, I, I reckon there's probably 30 blokes that would do the same thing. So where whoever gets picked, they're going to do the job and uh, they've got the support from everyone. With that, the, the players that you've been mentored by, you know, Benji Marshall at the Dragons, mm. Luke Keery, of course, Cooper Cronk, you've had some great mentors. 
Have any of them, you know, taught you anything about your own game or stuff that you've used when you're playing on the weekends? Absolutely. I mean, they're the utmost professionals and them three blokes you just named. And the way they approach their footy is probably how most thing I've learned. I mean, if there's one thing I've learned, you can't copy the way someone plays. You've got to be yourself. But the way that they, they prepare for their game and I think it's just their mentality, it, it does teach you a lot. And they're certainly at a different class than me, but they're just, yeah, they're just tremendous people as well to learn from. Now, Drew, we were speaking to Lindsay Collins last week. This is a little bit of a question for the fans just to get to know you a little bit more. But what do you do in your off time when you're not playing footy or training? What do you like to do? Well, I study at university. I don't really like doing it. But that's, <laughs> uh, I do. That does take up some time. I do enjoy a nice swim and a coffee. That's uh, that sounds that's good. Uh, one of my things. Yeah. And Drew, what about nighttime? Uh, nighttime. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who's listening? <laughs> so no, that's the men's. Uh, the, coach, the coach mentioned, mentioned you're a bit of a man's man and an older style uh, footballer. He said, mate, he's a character. He likes a beer and a, a beer and a darts. For what he ah, okay. So, well, I, I think uh, that's unfortunately, that's what got me a bit unstuck when I was in England. <laughs> I was living by myself. But I suppose that's the, the beauty of footy. You sit out there and you put the body on the line with your, with your best mates. And, and then afterwards, you can sit back and go, geez, how good was that? And enjoy a nice beer and uh, whatever else comes from that. Are you a VB man? Um, I'm whoever's buying me one. Man, actually, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Whatever's doesn't going. Matter, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. I, I, our, our studio producer here, uh, Studio Pat, was doing a bit of uh, stalking of your social profiles. And I've got to say, most of your Instagram photos, there's a schooner or a spirit in your hand, mate. So uh, we could tell you do like a drink. I, I need to put that on private, I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, keeping it clean and back for the fans, mate, what are you studying? It's quite interesting. Last yeah. week, we asked Lindsay, he went, said he was going to uni, and then we didn't ask what he was studying. We went, oh, wow. Yeah. What is it you are studying and are you enjoying it? I study primary primary teaching uh, at uni. I've been doing it for yeah, probably four years now, part-time. Uh, I, I do enjoy it. It's good. It's good. It's a different way to sort of fill up your time and uh, I haven't done a great deal of on-the-job like practical training yet, but just the study side of it, it puts you in a good headspace for to come to train and enjoy it. Talking about kids, Drew, are we going to see any little Drews in the future? Uh, we um, <laughs> and we actually just had that butcher in here yes. and um, he got married in the off-season and Definitely one that's batting above average oh. there with, with his... with his um, Way above average. Way, way above, above average. Now, there's a little rumour going around here as well also that you may be batting above your average as well. Is there any truth to that? Uh, there, <laughs> is hope- a, there is a truth to that, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah the, the fact that she talks to me is unbelievable. So, <laughs> no, she's beautiful. So, no, yeah, Kelsey, if she's listening. A little shout-out? Well, give us a little shout-out. Come out. on. Let no, me give her a shout-out. No, Go Kelsey, on. she's... Uh, she doesn't know much about footy, and I think she's enjoyed sort of coming and getting to learn a bit about the game. Yeah, good That's on you. It's awesome. great to see you. It's good to see off the field the support you, you know, players need. Yeah. Uh, off the field, what would you have done if you weren't a rugby league first grade footballer? Well, my first job, I was just talking to someone about this before. My first job, I was a courier, and I wasn't real good at it. <laughs> so I wouldn't be doing that. I would have, I crashed the van a few times, so I don't think that, that would be my job. But I'd like to say teacher, but I only yeah. just sort of got into that. Yeah, I, I can definitely see myself being a teacher. That's that's something that I'm really um, passionate about. And I can, you can sort of liken it to coaching in football in a way. Like you've got to sort of get the trust from people and you've got to teach them. Pass on some knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of that, we had uh, you know we had the pleasure of getting our whole squad in over, over this year. Joey Manu was a great interview. You've been terrific, uh, you know, last week with Lindsay. And one of the questions we always ask is, uh, and, and for the fans, who's one of the biggest influences in your life? It can be coach, you know, parents, uh, you mm. know, a sporting star. Who influences Drew Hutchison and uh, why? 
Yeah, this, I mean, you get asked this question a lot and my family, they've been unbelievable. Like both my parents are completely different. Dad's a bit of a straight up and down bloke and mum, no matter how shit you play, she's going to tell you to play good. So, uh, I love, love that about mum. Yeah, the love and support that <laughs> they have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got an older brother as well and ever since I was young, I've always, all I wanted to do was just hang out with them and like impress all the older boys that like. That was something that I sort of had as I was young, and uh, Albion Park, my junior footy club. Um, we had a, we grew up in a team that were pretty successful, and all the sort of the coaches that I had. Uh, one of Shane Sainsbury was probably one of the biggest influences of my career. Just the way that he, he was no nonsense. Like yeah, you train hard, but you you got to earn earn everything in the game. And yeah, so I'd say just yeah, you know, my family and. Yeah, all the, all the people at Albion Park Footy Club that had a had a lot to do with my career. Yeah, and again, I'll ask you, like Drew, you're a great story, and for kids down in Albion Park, Wollongong, for young Roosters fans up on the Central Coast, even in Bondi here, what's the one piece of advice you'd give them on their journey to become an NRL footballer and fulfil their dreams? It would have been yours one day, and how do they get there? Probably a big thing for me was don't forget who you are and where you come from. I mean, I don't think I could ever forgive myself if I brushed all my mates from down that way, like, and I don't think they will ever forgive me. Every time I see, you get ahead of yourself, they're the quick to pull you in the line. So, I mean, yeah, you, you get given an opportunity and things things happen quick, but yeah, just don't forget who you are and where you came from. Well, on that note, I'm sure the uh, the mob down at the Albion Park Hotel will be looking for you <laughs> next time. It's a, I've had a couple of beers there myself, but true, mate, really appreciate your time. It's been a great interview. Thanks for joining us on Roosters Radio. No, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well thanks, done, mate. Drew. Thank you. Welcome back to Roosters Radio fans. Now, Silky and Bells, a really good achievement for our club and the juniors this week. And Silky, we've got a special guest to come on to talk about it. Yeah, really excited to talk to Blake Cavallaro. For those that don't know, Blake's in charge of our Junior Roosters and Pathways program. Uh, he's also the coach of our female Tasha Gale side. So we're going to catch up with Blake and learn more about the successful season our Junior Pathways teams are having. Well, Roosters fans, another big achievement for our mighty club on the weekend in our junior reps. It's the first time since 2014 uh, we have made the finals in all grades. And uh, to talk about it today is our junior reps pathways manager, Blake Cavallara. Blakey, welcome to Roosters Radio. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Blakey, just kick off. It's uh, it's a great achievement. I think uh, you mentioned to us in a pre-show that first time since 2014 we've hit this milestone. So talk us through it. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know it's a really good milestone to hit. You know, it's... You know, for a club to have a small junior base and have a lot of juniors actually come through the system and, and play finals footy, it's um, it's really good. And like you said, it's the last time I've done it was in 2014. So it's a really big plus with the, for the club. The club's buzzing and I know the boys and girls are looking forward to it. So let's talk through it. We've got two Harold Mats. We've got our you know Roosters and the Central Coast Roosters. Tasha Gale, SG Ball, where they all sit on the ladder? Yeah, so the Central Coast Roosters, they ended up coming fifth on the table. The Harold Matthews Sydney Roosters ended up coming um, sixth. The SG Ball actually come first with the minor premiership and the Tasha Gale ended up coming third in the competition, So, which is a really good effort for a lot of teams, you know, a lot of clubs in the, in the area. It's a really good effort for us to have. So, Blake, who are we to look out for in these junior sides? Who's the promising and future players that we're going to be watching on the field? Yeah, so I'll definitely, I'll start at the Harry Matthews level. Uh, the Central Coast is a, you know, it's a really good stepping stone in regards to our little brother kind of up, up there in the coast. And a lot of kids are coming through the system and you can see it definitely coming through the flag system. Uh, in our mats there is a kid called Ethan Strange, a really good half. He's a dominant half there. And also a young kid, um, Blake Steep, who's a really good back rower, who's uh, been awesome from them. 
Uh, in the Harry Matthews, we have a, a kid, Michael Abdo. He's played his third year in Mats. He's an Australian schoolboy um, that uh, that won the Australian schoolboy award a couple of years ago as the best player at the tournament. Um, and a local kid, Josh Dirk, and he's played for Bondi United. He's been pretty oh, awesome oh. there in the centres. <laughs> so uh, he's been good. Um, the SU ball this year has kind of been it's a combined with the Central Coast and the Sydney Roosters. We made it all in one team as the, the Roosters SU ball. Um, yeah, a couple of kids I'll watch out for is definitely Thomas Deacon, the, the hooker and captain. He's pretty classy. He's a bit of an old school kind of hooker where he's pretty strong and dominant. Uh, Santa Smith, he's, you know, he's, a, he's way above his years in regards to playing eyes up footy. Um, and Josh Wong is a really strong back row. He's been part of our system since he's been 15 years old. With the Tasha Gale, you know, it's been going for about three or four years now. So some girls look out for. Keely Joseph, she's been part of the system for the last three years. She's an NRLW development player. Um, has already played in the Central Coast Harvey Norman Grand Final. Taylor Montgomery, she's she's in half from the coast. She's very classy. And a, a girl from Dubbo called Tanika Todd Hunter. Watch out for that name because I think she's got a lot of um, a lot of unique kind of stuff to happen in the women's rugby league. Yeah, Blake, just a couple of questions. One in relation to the SG ball. Robbo was asked in the press conference off the back of our victory over Cronulla about the depth in our hooking role. Obviously, we're out five or six, potentially, and mentioned the SG ball. Can you shine a light on who is the, the hooker in the SG ball and will he be getting called up this week? <laughs> I don't know. He might be. Um, so the hooker is Thomas Deacon. I just mentioned him before. He's the captain. And like I said, he's a really old school kind of hooker. Um, he's very tough. He's physical. Been part of our system since, since being 14, 15 years old. So if he got caught up, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he trained with first grade one or two days a week in the off season. So he has got that experience, you know, an 18 year old kid still, but definitely, I definitely, if he got the chance, I definitely see he can handle it to hands. Who would you suggest he plays like? Yeah, I would be, he's a bit similar to Jake Friend. He tidies things up, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's not the guy who will score a try 50 metres out, but he's the type of guy who makes 30, 40 tackles a game. He tidies up, he scoots at the right time. Um, you know, I definitely think he's definitely a bit of that kind of mould. Uh, I wouldn't say as good as Jake Friend, but yeah. definitely moulding that kind of that kind of way. And mate, personally, I know you're the coach of the Tasha Gale. For the fans that aren't familiar with our Tasha Gale team, can you just uh, maybe give us a bit of the background of how we find the the young women for that side? Yeah, so a lot of it comes comes down to finding a lot of girls locally, and also we have a branch out where we have an academy system up in Queensland, where we've had a lot of girls fly in and fly out from Queensland. A lot of girls have stayed here, and also a lot of girls in country areas because um, half the team are Indigenous girls. They've been part of our program for the last three or four years. So, I guess for us, we've brought a lot of girls from different kind of backgrounds into this. Um, I guess our Sydney Roosters kind of female um, system, and you know it's been pretty much an awesome kind of. Thing to see them come out and come in third now in the competition. Now, Blake, coaching the girls this year and you had the young boys last year, what's the difference? Can you let us know what's the difference between coaching the boys and the girls? Yeah, so I, the biggest difference for me is the girls are like sponges. You know, they, you know, they, they, they listen, they ask open questions, they're always willing to learn and I feel like every time I'm there, I enjoy training with the girls. It's a really... You can see how passionate they are about the game. It's it's new to them, so I definitely feel like the the girl game is evolving and adapting so much is that it's you know it's changing. And if you go watch a game, you see how good their ball skills are. It's really phenomenal, and, I, and you know I cannot wait to probably watch them play this weekend. Well, one thing, Blakey, we look forward to every year is watching Women's Origin, and uh, you happen to be the New South Wales uh, Under 19s Origin coach. So congratulations on that, and what are your expectations there? Yeah, so I'm pretty excited to represent this state and represent the new girls that are coming through the system. Um, so, you know, it's it's a big thing. They they go to a country a tournament actually in Queensland where they play against 
Queensland City, Queensland Country. Yeah, there's a New South Wales City team, New South Wales Country, and I kind of select girls from there. So I've been watching pretty much a lot of women's rugby league. And like I said, the game's evolved and adapt. And there's so much different skill in the women's game that, you know, when I got the call to say, did you want to be a coach? I, I was, I put my hand up straight away. It's a big thing for us at the club. And one of the biggest things for me, I've been part of the NRLW program for the last three or four years since it started. And for me, seeing the young girls come through, it's, yeah, it's really good. I definitely see some new girls branching out and some girls definitely fighting for positions in the NRLW team. Well, Blakey, thanks so much for your time on Roosters Radio. Great achievement. I know that uh, you know, you're a big cog in our factory that we keep producing Roosters the future, and uh, congratulations and good luck. Thank you. Welcome back to Roosters Radio on 7.55 Friday night down there at Amy Park in Melbourne. Our Roosters taking on the might of the Melbourne Storm. Uh, there's some mouth-watering matchups, of course. Teddy up against the Papanzahals. And, and one I'm really looking forward to is uh, Boom Boom Siwa Takiaho taking on Nelson Asofa Solomona. Uh, you remember a couple of years ago, they went the knuckle in, uh, in a major final there. And look, the bloke we had on the night show, Drewy Hutchison up against uh, probably the best number six in the game at the moment, Cameron Mustaber. Bush, Bells, your thoughts? Really looking forward to this game on Friday night. Um, it's going to be great to see a great game of rugby league. We had a couple on the weekend and this Friday is going to be probably the game of the round, I reckon. Those matchups, Lindsay Collins should be back as well. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's another big boy on the paddock to take on those massive Melbourne forwards. But it's going to be a fantastic game down there. They are very strong at home, the Melbourne Storm. So we're going to have to take our A game and load that on the plane and take it with us. But really looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's our energy. I think we started last Saturday night with a delayed energy. And then we played into the game, as you said, Silky. We can't afford to do that against Melbourne. They're fast starters. We say this every year. I say it every year. I'm a massive fan of Trent Robinson. He's probably one of my favourites in the side. Because I don't know what he's going to do. I love the mind games he plays. Who's he going to take on the bench? Who's he going to put on on the run-on side? How's, who's he going to put next to Sam Walker? Is it going to be Victor and, say, Angus to protect him? Because we know they're going to run at him. Um, if, uh, you know, Nelson and, uh, and, and JWH, you know, have a big clash, it's going to just be mouth-watering for the fans. But, Silky, we could be down there. No, we are. We're going down, Bush, I've decided. Uh, off the back of the announcement that Angus Crichton has just re-signed for the Roosters. So uh, we're going to head down and we're going to use your credit card. Good stuff. <laughs> now, let's go down there. Now, look, it'll be a great match. These matches always are. We've been lucky enough to see a couple of them in Adelaide. There's only a point or two in them. They're, they're, you know, the, these two teams always rise to the occasion, and I think this will be the same. I do think there'll be a lot of points scored, however. Yeah, I do too. I think uh, Pappency Housens here, as we call him on this show, you know, is going to show. Look, him against Teddy's mouth-watering. Yeah. They're talking about origin. You saw on the Matty John Show, our sister program, that they talked about Teddy's been so consistent for so long. Pappenzihausen is the most exciting player that we've seen besides Cleary in the most recent times. So let's hope that uh, that matchup goes well, but not so good for Pappenzihausen. Sammy Walker, we've talked about it earlier. You know, they're going to send some traffic. Melbourne are a big pack of forwards. You know, he's really going to have to be, I suppose, assisted uh, defensively because no doubt Bellamy will be sending some of those big boppers down his uh, side of the field. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? Like, what's he going to do? Like, he's just going to target the kids. So he's got to be up for it. I think he will be. After the weekend. I know he is. After the weekend and the confidence, he'll go down with that confidence into that game. And I think he will be up for it. 
tell you who was up for it, Silky, the Tahans, uh, great family, great sponsors of the club. Icon Services Australia, our sleeve sponsors, have uh, invited us down to watch the game with them. We were away in the, the World Club and they're, they're a lovely family and a great business and uh, great supporters of the Roosters. Yeah, Bush, can't wait to uh, head on down to Amy Park. I've actually never watched a game there, so uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to get and see a few. It's a beautiful football stadium, purpose-built for football. And I tell you what, Melbourne's got a great supporter base, so they won't be short of that. It'll be a great atmosphere. Now, score. Belts, what are you thinking? A couple of points in it. It's going to be a close game, 24-22. Wow. So yeah, I like yep. it, Bells. Yep. I like it. I'm, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a try-score-a-thon. Uh, I'm going to say 32 Roosters, 24 Storm. Wow. I'm a bit more on the Bells. So I'm going to say 21-20 Roosters. Wow, I like it. You know, these games are always tight. Uh, and uh, let's just hope our boys get the cash on Friday night. That's all we have time for, fans, on Roosters Radio. We want to thank Drew Hutchison for a great interview. We want to thank and wish Blake Cavallaro the best for coming on tonight. Uh, what a great win it was last Saturday. Long may it continue. Silky Bells, have a great week. As we always say on Roosters Radio, East, East to win. win. East to win.